Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. There's an epidemic out there that is crushing America. Hundreds of jokes are told and are never heard. These are jokes that want to come into your life and make you happy, make you laugh, make you feel joy. Stories, glorious stories are told. No one will hear them. These stories will go on and just disappear over time and have no life. And that is not a life that we should be living in. For just three cents a day, you can become a Patreon on the Cult of Dave Network and listen to jokes and stories and give them a home. These jokes are here. These stories are here. Just waiting, waiting for you to love them as much as they will love you back. Consider becoming a Patreon on the Cult of Dave podcast network today. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Something good for ya. Alright everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. And I am one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiff, and across from me with his human soup, we've got Captain Nunn. All of the human soup, Gigi Allen's, Paul Stanley's. Oh my God! If you want context for that, you got to sign up for the Patreon. We, this was, this is take two of an episode. We're getting comfortable. <laughs> oh man, seriously, guys. Too, uh, if you if you're really curious, if you, oh my God, sign up for the Patreon. I think it's like minimum. I think hell, I think it's the dollar tier gets you morning growler. <laughs> you gotta tune in and listen. And this week we've also got Mikey Black. Hello, sir. Hello, guys. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? You always come in looking like the most relaxed ever. You rarely come in like with jeans or anything like that on. Dude, I haven't. I don't wear jeans unless I'm on stage. Oh, oh yeah, that? that sounded kind of sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm not a short. Is it just because we're not shorts, guys? I don't know. My legs are just like real too skinny. Oh, I'm not even wearing shorts. Though. These are athletic pants. That's true. Know, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're they're like one step away from sweatpants. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. That's all I wear is just workout clothes. See, it's, it's nice. But, but why do you not like jeans and shit? Oh, it's just hot, man. You can't move in jeans. He just wants to be comfortable. You never know, move. man. I can you move never in know. Jeans. But you can't move efficiently in jeans. Says who? You can't. Well, I guess Chuck Norris could roundhouse kick people in the face wearing that's jeans. That's true. What's your excuse? I don't know. I just don't like wearing jeans. <laughs> you don't like sitting? Fuck denim. <laughs> you don't like sitting? I don't like sitting. I don't like wearing jeans. I just want to stand up naked all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In a perfect world. In a perfect, In a perfect, perfect world, world, I'd be standing up naked 24-7. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I could never get in shorts. Like I, I think I own... I think in my entire lifetime, since I've actually been able to like purchase my own clothes... I think I've purchased one pair of shorts, and that's been it. I wear sh- shorts at home. I don't even wear at home. 
So yeah, at I'll home fucking I gotta go, be. I'll fucking go pantsless before I just wear That's shorts around the house. <laughs> Alex is just running around in his tidy whities Who said anything about tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> It's my fucking house. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. Just I, I guess I've never liked my legs. I got chicken legs. Me too. That's probably like my thing too. It's just like eh, they're like about paper thin anyway. So and now Mikey's all sitting over here going, well, "I'm showing off." <laughs> no, I just get hot, man. I get severe swamp ass in the summertime. Well, I do too. Any? So you just shower. I'd rather still. I mean, yeah, but it's not just the smell; it's the discomfort of having a swamp ass. Okay. Let's... So there's a little more airflow if yeah, you got short swamp on. ass. Gets annoying. <laughs> You wouldn't want, if you had a big calves. You wouldn't want to show them off, Alex. No, I had big calves. Oh, okay. fat calves. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason why I wouldn't wear shorts. <laughs> or if you got like the Kobe Bryant calves, something like that. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like even though I say chicken legs, it's like I've, I I have semi muscular legs. It's like you know I've got definition, but it's just I don't I don't know. I just I still don't like wearing shorts. They just feel weird. It's like it's the same thing as like if you. Well, I'm looking around. Y'all don't. But it's like, for me, if I leave the house without my watch, I feel naked. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if I wear shorts, it feels like I'm partially naked. It's like, I, I, there's a certain comfort for me having, like, full pants on. I got Even you. down to my socks. It's like, very rarely do I wear the uh, short socks. I've always got long socks. Even though I push them down, it's still that feeling of having the long sock. Yeah, I got to have short socks during the summertime. Yeah. Unless it was a show. During the show, I have, like... Little long socks. Do you have and stuff special like socks for shows? I do have special shock, <laughs> special socks for shows. I absolutely do. Oh, they got shit. They got little designs on them and shit. I never knew this. Oh yeah, it's very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's comfortable. For all those photos we get of our feet. Oh right. man. <laughs> I never knew this. I just stick with basic black. So you like? Yeah, it's not like every time. It's just like always a pair of black long socks. Yeah, but some of the long, but some of the long socks have patterns on them. Man, all my pattern socks wind up getting lost. Yeah, or they just tear up real easy too. And they're usually pretty thin. I like mm-hmm. a thicker sock. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, they do rip up pretty easy. We are talking about socks right now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was already getting shit talked to, uh, talk to me the other day about. Why I was do, talking about boots right. and shoes. <laughs> Why do girls have so many different socks, man? That's annoying. What do you mean? That's something I've learned after moving in with my girlfriend is all my socks are the same. Yeah. And she's got like a different pair of socks for every different pair of shoes and whatever well, else. Like girls have a more. shit ton of this. It's so annoying, man. Hell, I, I get bad about well, that to an extent we're these basic. days. And I'm colorblind and you want me to fold laundry? Good luck. What colors can't you see? I didn't no, know I'm just kidding. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, I... I, I didn't know. I mean, I figured that was like a non-issue or a non-event that you wouldn't ever really nah, talk about. Kidding. So I didn't know. I don't know. That's what I thought of on the sock topic. <laughs> no, <laughs> but not. <laughs> My girlfriend and all her damn different socks. So, so how, all right. Well, let's well let's but, dive into like a uniform. Though, God damn it. Yeah, but color coordination is a bad thing. I I do that every now and then. I just wear all black. I was gonna all say the that, time. but that's what happens. Is you know, I mean, we're all basically just wearing all black. I've got on regular denim, yeah. but that, that doesn't count. But 
But that, but that's wise because we just all stick with you know basic you know neutral tones. But it's like you know girls, oh fucking, they've got their neutrals and they've got their pastels and they've got their neons and every fucking thing else. So you know if we've if we've got the red shoe, we've got to make sure and have the right sock to match it because if we wear the white sock with the red shoe, that might not be the right you know vibe that we're going for with the rest of the outfit. Right Mikey. pair of earrings. Uh-huh. And- you, you, bracelets and stuff. Uh, are you are you are you ready to fucking tackle that every single day now? Oh no, I don't have to deal with all that. Oh uh, yes, you do. <laughs> oh yes, you do, sir. You think you don't have to deal with that? Oh, yes, you do. Because guess what? Y'all are gonna go shopping. She's gonna be like, "What do you think of these? What do you think of these?" And you have to genuinely give your opinion because if you start doing, "Oh yeah, it's fine, it's fine, whatever," she's like, "What? Is nothing I pick out cute anymore?" And all of a sudden, you've opened up a new can of worms. <laughs> no, say something if it's something new. <laughs> like, ooh, those look nice. Great. Fantastic. Great. Grand. Wonderful. No yelling on the bus. Fat Veronica Vaughn. So how is that now? Sucks. You moved in with uh, your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah it's, it's fun. <laughs> Such a grown it. up. Yeah. Oh, so so awesome paying rent and <laughs> Is this the first place cable uh, and is this power? First, is this the first place you've actually lived by yourself or quote unquote by yourself? Yep. Yep, yep. This is the first place. Oh, you're moving back. Yeah. <laughs> you're breathing into it again. This is the first place. <laughs> Because I didn't know, like, if um, you had maybe moved out at one point, you know, just, like, with some friends or whatever. No, all my friends are dirtbags. <laughs> I can't rely on I them. offered for you to move in with me countless times. Well, at that point, I was the dirtbag. I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling you, find a job in Charlotte. And what did you do eventually? Found a job in Charlotte. <laughs> yep. But then I also had to pay for school, so there was no money for rent. There was yeah. all that going on, too, I know, I know, to be I'm fair. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> But uh, speaking of jobs and shit, you're actually uh, you've actually started your own business now. Yep. I didn't fully understand what all that was about till uh, we were hanging out a few minutes ago. So uh, so so give us an actual pitch and actually tell us about this. Don't make it be like last week with your Sweden trip and I'm right. having to dig it out so of you. So humble about it, right? Actually, give us a pitch and tell us what your business is about. Okay, and then I'll tell you more about Sweden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I All right, thought, I thought about it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered some things. All right, so what I do is uh, sports massage and body work. So I work with athletes, for athletes, to help them uh, with a number of different things. Um, some people like to do pre-event type work so it's like kind of real light body work was pre like pre-event like pre, actual like, yeah, like if they have a competition or a game or whatever okay. so that's essentially like what you'd see like an athletic trainer doing or some shit so like stretching people out getting them mm-hmm. ready make sure they're nice and loose so they don't go out there and hurt themselves and then post event and then recovery type work which is your more like deep tissue type work or uh, I like to use a lot of cupping techniques. So yeah. Everyone gets those nice big <laughs> round circles they can show off. <laughs> what What is the benefit uh, yeah. of that? Like, what does that even fucking do? Um. Well, it's not a. It's not like a miracle device. Right. Like some people make it out to be. Uh, essentially, what it does is it just kind of like draws blood that stagnates in the muscles, muscle tissue, mm-hmm. or even connective tissue, fascia, whatever. It just kind of breaks all that up, gets it flowing again, kind of 
pulls it more to the surface and then the cardiovascular system and the lymphatic system will do its job and circulate okay. it back through the body so it kind of so, so, so it's a little so it's kind of similar to a deep tissue massage where that's also breaking yeah, up the fibers yeah, but yeah. It's, what you were saying is it pulls it more to the surface yeah. instead of just massages it around yeah that and okay. it also kind of it triggers like a slight inflammatory response which is sometimes good because you want your body to heal itself and so yeah. that's essentially what, what if inflammation you're like already inflamed for. though right. you don't want to get any kind of work done you just need to relax and not Got be it. inflamed <laughs> <laughs> because well there's some people with like, like well, then i can't help you well, yeah well i was saying but there's like some people like pinch joints and shit so yeah. that would always be something like yeah that's a pain thing. in the ass that's you got to wait no, for that inflammation in yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the ass if it's your um sacroiliac joint anyways look at you <laughs> you actually know your shit oh i do i study a lot that's why i haven't been as funny lately i've just been doing a lot of reading and practicing and trying to be trying to be this entrepreneur but hey but that's a good thing because it feels like everyone at this table is kind of trying to get yeah. their shit off the ground um what are we talking about cupping yeah it um, sounds like a dirty i act. was gonna say it's yeah like, <laughs> say, i bet you like that cupping oh, that's yeah. what i was gonna go with it <laughs> i like it it's good for you and then uh so yeah say it's something good for you it's something good for you uh, <laughs> hey you said the name of the podcast <laughs> I started putting that in my posts there you see <laughs> <laughs> what uh-huh. do you know um but yeah anyone that tells you that it draws uh toxins out of your body and all that shit that's that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo that's when you get into the real woo woo spiritual side of massage therapy that I think's bullshit so oh, interesting yep so 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 what would be the uh, so but it felt like earlier you were kind of saying that but it like breaks up the thing but by doing the cupping it breaks it up and brings it more to the surface i felt like you were kind of leading it with that it's kind of drawing out the toxins so what's the main difference um that? well i mean first you got to ask yourself like what a toxin even is so i mean I would hope there's no toxins in anyone's blood. If you got toxins in your blood, then you need to go to the fucking hey, hospital. A doctor. <laughs> um, and then aside from like, you know, right, caffeine but- or nicotine or like shit like that, well, then it's a matter of, well, maybe you should just stop doing those things instead of. Well, I don't know if there are maybe like different levels of toxins where it's just like um, calories, like there's good calories and bad calories. Yeah. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Right. So it's like if you say you had a high caloric intake, that could either mean you ate a bunch of junk food or you were having a high caloric intake because of a workout or whatever. So it, so I didn't know if maybe toxins kind of had multiple levels and different meanings, good bacteria, bad bacteria kind of shit. Yeah, I get you. But no, no. that's not really. <laughs> well, all right then. So, so what do you, so you are basically started up your own clinic. So you're doing cupping, you're doing yep, yep. stuff like this. And I work out of a CrossFit gym just one day a week starting out. Cause I still have two other jobs I got to work on. Right. And playing with music and all that stuff, and you know, two side jobs or, uh, two side jobs are what pay- pays the bills right now. So yeah, and you're yeah. just doing the massage doing this physical therapy and everything uh on the side just kind of your own little side hustle outside the feelings um well i wish i was doing physical therapy but it's just it's just sports massage sports massage yeah do you have your license to be able to do something like that if you want yeah oh you uh no physical therapy is a doctorate's degree that's what courtney my girlfriend's going to school for okay yeah so mine was eventually y'all can combine the two hell yeah (laughs) i'm sure like y'all's uh 
uh, she's the uh, paths she's the nerdy anatomy brain i mean which don't get me wrong i know my shit too but not four years worth of doctorates studying to do yeah fair enough so she's got that covered but her business sense is mm, she's figuring mm, it out yeah i don't think you know, she hasn't even gotten to that point yet gotcha so i'm hoping to just get all this set up and ready to go so in the next year and a half when she's done with school we can no, and, and, that's, and that's a great way to look at it, especially because, you know... Well, like it, I was saying, uh, not to cut you off, but in. I work out of a CrossFit gym, too. So, essentially, I'm just, like, hooked up because yeah. this gym already has close to 200 members. So, wow. yeah, and, and how much do they let you... Because it feels like you got this going, like, maybe, what, two weeks ago? Officially? Like officially when the website two weeks up. ago, yeah. Oh, wow. I put the website up. <clears throat> So, but how how much are they going to allow you to promote within the gym? Like putting up flyers or, you know, signage? Uh, well, Courtney already made me a flyer and oh, put it up for me. There you go. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, they gave me access to the uh, private Facebook group where all the members are so I can chat with them. And then um, I still got to pay to show up and do classes. Right. Which I tried to bargain with them, but they're like, "All right, big shot. We're not making you pay rent yet, so I'll be asking for any favors." I'm like, "All right, fair enough." But yeah, I, mean, I still come in. It's like ten bucks a class, I, so that's not. I go okay. work out and that's use it more of a way to mingle with everybody than no, and that's show definitely and that's definitely a way a good good way to look at it. Look at it maybe in the same aspect as kind of like what we do. It's like we may travel out of town to go see a band. We're not expected to get in for free just because we want to talk and hang out with people. It's like we're still going to pay an entry at the door, you know, just to, you know, go and mingle and chat with people. So yeah. kind of maybe look at it from the same aspect as even though you're there to do business, you still got to pay, you know, and just hang out with folks like you typically right. would. Yeah, it's more of an, of an investment anyway. So what's your website? Uh, all right, so I do it through um, my booking software. Well, not really software. It's internet-based, but it's Clinic Sense. That's where I do all my scheduling all my notes, all my legal shit, all my right. financial shit. So it's RX Body Works. That's R X B O D Y W R X because that's cool oh. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> dot Clinic Sense S E N S E dot com. Excellent. Boom. And then there's a big blue blue button at the top that says Book Now. So if we have any Monroe listeners, um, yeah. Or Charlotte listeners. Or, or where, Charlotte. Yeah. Or, you know. People who want to fucking travel out just to get a little physical therapy for a little bit of, what what is it exactly? A physical uh, therapy? It's massage therapy. Massage, massage therapy. therapy, yeah. If you want to yeah. get a rub down from Mikey Black, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And pay him for the privilege. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, fake spiritualism in, uh, in that world. Um... There's a, an annoying amount of it. <laughs> Not really. Good tiptoe there. Very yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Because on my side of things, doing sports work, it's a lot of like, like no one I see gets undressed unless they're doing cupping. Because then obviously they got to take their shirt off or get whatever out of the way. Right. But like a lot of it, I do it through their clothing. It's just a lot of deep work. Like, it's not even really a lot of rubbing. It's more so find find what's tight and then just push on it yeah, you just and kind of work it out and yeah. you do the job a lot of then, manipulation yeah. and shit so do the job get the fuck do out do the job yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's not relaxing like it's it it kind of hurts oh, it's yeah. not fun but it's better afterwards but there's like the, most things but it's like one of those deals where it's like i'm going to like treat uh, they get real spiritual with it and start saying kooky shit or whatever um 
I guess so. Yeah. But that's that's more so like people's private practices and gotcha. stuff. Yeah. Like if you the go to like a franchise or something, it's not like that. Gotcha. It's just one of those things you just kind of sell on you more than anything. Yeah, I guess so. Gotcha. But I think what Mikey's saying is that's co- that's down to the individual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you've got that going on, and then Cap, you basically start making a lot more strides toward doing a lot more session work and everything else. Just staying busy. I'm out uh, basically every other night of the week too, uh, playing with uh, some of the guys I played the Kelsey Ryan record record with. I know. I saw that y'all were just doing some random jam. Yeah, because Kelsey will go out every, every night and play too, and uh, we're trying to tighten up uh, all the original material to get in front of people and finding various versions of uh, these songs to play with uh, different uh, bass players, drummers. It's going to say, uh, I saw y'all playing that Zeppelin song during the jam. I'm yeah, we to, just the ran, name of it escapes me. We just ran through Days to Confuse. Yeah, yeah, Days to Confuse. Yeah. I was, and I hadn't played that song in 10 years. <laughs> I was sitting there going like, if I fuck up, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and he was singing and killing it too. What other project, like, because uh, you got the Kelsey record that's coming out, and then we've got ours that will be coming out eventually. Yep. What other shit you got going on? Turn this uh, Playing with uh, Steve with, and uh, this Black Sabbath tribute thing we got in uh, Slight Babbath. By the time this comes out, uh, we will be playing at Tommy's Pub tomorrow. Oh, shit. That's going to be tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. So we might actually try. I might make it out to that. I don't know. Haven't seen Graveyard and Walburns in a minute. Yeah, Slight Babbath, uh, Walburns, and Graveyard. So, yeah, DJ's pulling double duty. What time's it start? Uh, I think 9 o'clock. Oh, damn. Okay. Three-band bill. That'd be a think nice we're little all, tight set. Yeah, I think we're all going to be sharing gear and stuff, too. That only makes sense. A little family family show. Yeah. Yeah, so, as y'all, that guy's going on. And then, hopefully, here soon... DJ, I hope you get your drum stool back. Wait, <laughs> or what? I hope you got your drum stool back. <laughs> what happened there? I just got a text from them. Uh, we uh, had practice this afternoon uh, with Kelsey, and uh, DJ leaves and totally left his drum stool over at uh, Brandon's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, DJ. So I hope you got it back. <laughs> After forgetting there was practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, he made it down. Yes, he did. Yeah, so, and finally start talking about this a little bit. Uh, I'm going to wind up having a second podcast here pretty soon with Tony. Uh, we're yeah. going to be starting up a business podcast. Nice. And uh, what it's going to be is uh, kind of combining his uh, multiple years of experience in entrepreneurship. And then uh, with me, I'm finally stepping out. And I haven't really done too much promotion on it yet, but I am going to be doing a lot more freelancing for video work, audio work, and uh, photo work along with social media optimization and website optimization and shit like that. So I'm actually going to be start taking a lot more independent clients through all of that. And one of the things that's just going to be fun is Tony and I having that businessy podcast where we discuss the different aspects of it because I'm a lot more, you know, you're head- tech savvy. Exactly. So I'm a little bit more tech savvy and a lot more green on, you know, true entrepreneurship and how to start up a business Right. where Tony is admittedly, you know, a little bit more green on the current days of social media, but he can sell fucking ice cubes to Eskimos. So it's like, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a fun dynamic of the two of us constantly learning from each other and, you know, him explaining shit and me being basically the, the outside listener going like, you know, well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and kind of getting him to explain things a little bit deeper and having some interesting guests. And I'm not going to be the main talking right. guy on it. I'll be primarily in the background, but it's, it's, it's going to be a fun little project. So. But with that dynamic going back and forth, I'm sure that's going to explain a lot of stuff to 
who may be the layman and is interested in this kind of thing too. Oh yeah. And it's not going to be for everyone. And you know, that's why it's not going to be on something good for you. It's going to be a completely separate show, completely separate gig, but you know, who knows? We might find a different audience in that. So it's, it's going to be kind of fun. I'm, I've been wanting to do a lot more in the social media and video editing and audio editing field anyway. And after getting, this is 38 episodes of yeah. something good for you, a handful of couch potatoes, which more will be coming out. I just, I got to get them together and then <laughs> doing all the promo videos I've been doing for Annie scene and poison idea from TKO records. And you know, just other little stuff that music videos for us for years, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where cap and I are, under that same thing of all right we've been doing this shit for free for years it's time to get paid <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> i'm not saying all those things i just listed i did for free but just in generalities it's like you know it's time to really put our foot to the pedal and you know start making this a bit more of a business and it's one of those deals where like if you if you're really good at something and you know what you're doing you've been doing it for a long time i mean it is one of those things as a creative you just gotta like stick with and then eventually you will start getting you know some credit for it yeah and it's like and for me it's hell i've been doing basic videos for years what's that one episode that we did where you talked about uh you always wanted to have your own website when you were a kid yeah, I thought actually, that was interesting. <laughs> we'll see that. That uh, actually, Eric sent me a text the other day that uh, the website hosting was called Angel Fire. Okay, uh, that that's what the, you could get a free website through Angel Fire, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I had just my own website, and all I had was like just a couple photos of Ace Fraley and like a an MP3 that I put on there, and then by the time I put all that on, my free trial had ended, and I just let it go to waste. But and then I got a MySpace, and that just changed everything, and that was basically my website. Right, and that was like your world for a minute too when. Oh, absolutely, because you could, you know, change the backgrounds, put all your music on there, you know, blog posts. It's like everything I wanted, you know, to do on a website. It's like, boom, MySpace was there for me to do that. So you've just been involved, always been on the Internet since day for a, what's that? When did you say you got your website? Oh, God. I I really honestly can't remember the exact year or like age or whatever. It's like, I know my point place in time. Right. And I could probably tell someone like mom, be like, okay, my grandmother was living here. We were over here. It was during this time period. And she could probably give me a year. But you've always been internet savvy anyway. Yeah. It's like, even as early as I can remember, mom's friends would like the, the dead serious on this younger than fucking 14, 13, I can't remember exact what year, but it was younger than that. Her friends would call her to talk to me on the phone and they would have me edit their MySpace pages to like do the code and shit. That's hilarious. Uh, she had a friend named John that was doing a pirate radio station and he started up his own MySpace page to help promote it. And he sent me a message and was like, hey, uh, I know you're Rebecca's son. I'd really like you to you know, do my MySpace page to set in the other and I'll pay you for it. And I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, he told me the color scheme he wanted. I knocked it out for him in like a week or two, and he was absolutely happy with it. And sure enough, like a week later, there was a check, like a personalized check in the mail for like 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, and of course, you know, for a kid that young and, you know, that was like early 2000s, or, you know, late 90s money. It's like, that was pretty good. That's just mm -hmm. the top of your resume. <laughs> Freelance MySpace repairs. <laughs> no, that was definitely early 2000s. I don't know why I said late 90s. Yeah, early 2000s. So that, yeah. that was 
still a good bit of money, you know, for a kid like that, especially for just fucking around on the computer. Yeah. It's something I enjoyed doing anyway, and I you mean, just paid me to do it. There uh, my dumbass was outside mowing lawns. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been updating people's MySpace right? pages and getting paid for it, dude. I was doing shitty farm work, ha- hauling hay and all that shit that uh, the country singers brag about doing. It's not fun. <laughs> no, all the, uh, my earliest, like, Things that I did that I got paid for like that is uh, updated a few people's MySpace pages, and then after that, I helped Jeff Williams do hand screen printing for Dead King shirts. Okay. And what we what we had on that is um, because you know we had the uh, UDO system that was kind of like an actual screen printing little micro thing that um I was able to do like those first run of the fill in shirts on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this was completely DIY. It's kind of similar to the live grenade ones that we had. It was basically just a rectangle square, a wooden square, and there's a mesh in the middle of it that you burn your image on. Right. And when you've got it like that, you get to have one person, after we lay the t-shirt flat on the table, you got to have one person holding the screen, making sure it doesn't move, while the other person puts the ink on the top of the screen with the squeegee, whoosh, whoosh, does that, and the other person lifts it off. So you've seen like those big machines that'll do that. Right. When you're doing a DIY, you are the machine. I am the machine. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> so that was basically what I did. And my payment was a couple bucks and a t-shirt. <laughs> so it's like he, my job was once he put the screen down, I held it. He did the squeegee. And then, you know, when he was finished with that, it was the gentle peel up. And, you know, he'd get it, put it on the rack and hang it up. You know, we wait for it to dry. Then we had iron it, wash it, and we were good to go. How long would that take? It was an all-day process, and that's why he needed help. Fair enough. But it was funny because I was able to put that on my actual resume to get my first legit job at 16 working at the mall at Hot Topic. (laughs) (laughs) And the only reason I did that is they needed seasonal help, and it was around Halloween, and I knew I'd get a store discount, and I was like, score! (laughs) Anybody out there looking for a job, if you can screen print, you can work at Hot Topic. No, it just showed that I already took initiative before I was 16 to actually work and get paid for it. <laughs> there you go. So it's like fast forward all these years later. It's like I'm finally at the point now where I can maybe do some videos and photos and social media for folks and maybe actually make a few bucks yeah, out of you, it. You find a line where you can profit off of it. and Yeah, and uh, like what we were saying on, I think, with the episode with uh, Brad, Alex Kane from uh, Any Product, wound up reaching out with him, and I made a bunch of promo videos for his band uh, when I was in Roanoke. So that was maybe when I was 15, 16, 17, somewhere in that area. So it's like I was already making promo videos that got multi-thousand views, you know, for bands for their MySpace, (laughs) you know? And there's still videos that are on YouTube today that, you know, it's like their album isn't on Spotify and shit. It's like the only way you can listen to it is on their YouTube channel now, and it's all the videos that I made for them. So it's like just little things like that throughout the years that it's just... It's kind of odd looking at it now <laughs> and just going, well, I've always been doing this. Is there like uh, with all the projects you got going on, is there like a specific one that you like enjoy pushing than the other? I'm sure it's Dylan's is number one, but for like, oh yeah, because it's like, it, you know, the biggest and grandiose ideas that we all get to have, you know, get to be achieved through the fill-ins, whether it be, you know, what we're going to do with this new record, you yeah. know, the, the two different things that we're thinking about doing with the record, you know, so it's like those big creative things, you know, get to be exercised within the band and, you know, any sort of imagery that, you know, catches our eye, we get to implement that with the band. So of course that's going to be my number one favorite thing to project, but Honestly, I really enjoy doing the anti-scene stuff. 
that does look like it's fun because you know i've just that's always been a big part of my life and you know more so now than ever but it's like since that's always been part of what i've enjoyed and liked to be able to have the creative power to put the image of what i see as annie's scene through their promo videos and them enjoy it I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I'm sure they get a kick out of it too. Oh yeah, and and, and like I said, it's just I, I feel that between fill-ins and Annie scene stuff is probably the things that I wind up having the most passion for. And who knows, maybe the new project with Tony too, because I just hadn't stepped foot in that yet. But <laughs> I would say those two are probably the things that I take the most, not necessarily pride in, but just definitely enjoy the most because there's a lot more connection to it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. What about uh? Can we talk about a uh, super jet? Yeah, let's talk about Super Jet some. Yeah, are you going to be uh, excited about pushing that? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. So since we, so we've, we've got that Super little... Jet? What Super Jet? <laughs> I'll tell you what Super Jet is. This is a big commercial for us this episode, it really feels. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's a catch-up episode. We hadn't talked about us in a yeah, minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm... I had no idea about the full-on business with Mikey, so that's awesome. Exactly. So Superjet, um, we've kind of been building as a not-so-super group. Uh, we've got Tony Leone on vocals, uh, Cap on guitar, lead guitar, uh, myself on rhythm guitar and half-ass leads. And then we got Davey Dirt from Dirtbag Love Affair and Milkweed. Uh, he's on bass. And then uh, Tony's nephew, Matthew, on drums. And a potential another member, um, but that's not 100% solidified, so I won't talk about that yet. Yeah. Um, but essentially, the little tagline we've been using is just playing the best rock and roll that you've never heard. And that's a bit of a stretch. You know, people have heard a lot of these tunes, but it's stuff that a lot of people just don't listen to. Even right. the, even within our circle, it's like, you know, well, I don't want to spoil too much of what the set list is, but I guarantee you there's at least three or four bands in this set list that you could ask normal rock and roll listeners, be like, hey, have you heard of this, this, and this? And they'd be like, no. Right. It's just like, oh my God, how have you not heard these bands? You know, we're getting really obscure and nerdy with it. But, oh yeah, but all the but there's a lot of obscure nerdy fans like us out there too. Exactly. So it's it's, it's going to be really fun for both of us. So it's going to be a situation where maybe the typical, you know. I wouldn't say fair weather. That's kind of rude. Uh, I would say just maybe the more pedestrian rock and roll fan maybe hasn't heard any of this stuff. And then the people that have heard this are going to get a huge kick out of it because they go, no one plays these songs. Yep. You know, so it's, it's going to be fun from both aspects. People are either going to be hearing something brand new or people are going to be going, holy shit, no one plays this shit. This is so cool. So that's, that's the reason I'm really excited for it. Plus, we get to dig back in and, uh, again, not spoiling the set list, but we're playing a fill-in song that's yep. never been played live. And that's what's going to be fun is having Tony sing vocal on it. I'm excited about that. And then we got uh, pulling uh, stuff from all of Tony's bands. Mm -hmm. from his, he's playing, what, three bands now, right? Oh, he's playing more than three bands. But that's, that's the catalog that we're pulling from because... Uh, for that short period of time, I did play guitar in Goliath. And like I said, short period of time. And no way was I full and official member. But just but you, enough to now get away with being able to play these songs I was going to say, you know Tony. how to play them, yeah. Yes, I know how to play them very well. And so it's an excuse for Tony and I to finally play these songs again together. So we've hand-selected a few old 21CG songs. And then we've got a couple Dirtbag songs that we've been mulling through. And a Grave Roller song. So it's like we're kind of picking and choosing from, you know, some of our favorite shit it's kind of great that we have that big of a catalog where we can pull stuff like that from too and see see what happens and it's fun because all of those songs sound like super jet playing it 
Yeah, Even though it has the, members of all of those different bands in it, it doesn't sound like a version of the fill-ins playing this song. It sounds it like a different sound, band. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Dirtbag Love, a version of Dirtbag playing this song. It genuinely sounds like Super Jet's version of these songs, and that's what's going to be really fun about it. Matthew's a pretty fucking really? solid drummer, too. Yeah, yeah, that, that shocked me. It really did shock me because I knew he was a good guitar player. He could sing. He could, he's one of those like genuine musicians. No shit. This happened yesterday, Mikey. Uh, we were running through uh, a song, a song, and uh, I was getting a, a lead uh, line in one of the songs wrong. And, and it was only like two notes. Yeah. But it was just enough to be like, oh, that's it, wrong. Yeah, it irked him so bad, too. And he goes, here, give me this and show me the exact line. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> What is happening? You're a drummer. <laughs> You're teaching me how to play guitar. And then, but uh, he was right. Yeah. And then uh, another song we were running through. There was a bridge chord progression that Cap and I couldn't fully decipher. We could get the last note, but we couldn't figure out what the two notes prior were because it was mixed in such a way where it was a high harmony and a low harmony playing. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't fully dial in on exactly what note it was. And then within two seconds, Matthew's like, "Oh, it's." Uh, B A E B A D. We're like, but oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. We we ripped it out, and we we're like, oh shit, dude, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it, everyone's just kind of helping everyone out on this, and just really making it the best possible, and. I really don't know how much we're going to do with it, but we've talked about doing some originals, like actually writing yeah. some originals. I mean, between all of us, we can come up with a song pretty quick, I'd imagine. I, I don't see how we could. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're talking about doing a few originals at some point. I don't know how many shows he's talking about, Tony's talking about doing, because originally it was going to be like, oh, we'll do like two or three shows a year. And then, like, <laughs> not this last practice, but the practice before, he was like, fuck it. We're going to do, and then like said something, and we all just kind of looked at him and went, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) So we're just kind (laughs) of, we're just like, all right, Tony, you you, you do your thing, man. We're we're coming along for the ride. I'm just a monkey in this zoo. Same here. It's like, we're just here to play some rock and roll. Whatever you want to do, you just, you call us up. We're here. (laughs) But right now, the only date we have is, of course, at the rim. Yes. uh, July 27th. And we're going to be playing with Satanic Panic. I'm fucking stoked. And Mama Tequila. Nice. <laughs> so that's going to be a shit ton of fun. I'm sure there might wind up being one more band added to it. But even if not, if it's just going to be those already two pretty awesome. and Superjet, that's going to be a hot night. Sweaty <laughs> <laughs> balls all around. <laughs> all the yeah. All the swamp all ass. The swamp ass. <laughs> oh, man. No, so I think that's really all the new shit that we've kind of had going on on our side of things. Yeah, no, trying to play uh, rock guitar uh, a little bit more, getting my chops back up on that, and uh, <laughs> learning to embellish a little bit more here and there with it. Have some fun. <laughs> yeah. What's been new in your world, Mikey, other than this new entrepreneurship? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. New place, new business ventures. That's it. Yeah. You've been keeping up what's going on with uh, Gibson, with the lawsuits and all that? 
Not really, no. I, I saw some meme where it's like they were suing themselves because they were like suing Epiphone or Epiphone was suing Gibson. The Gibson just decided to go after everybody that looked like remotely like them, like whether it was Dean or anything like that. No, I hadn't heard anything about that. I just haven't read deep into it, but it's kind of weird. I don't know if uh, these... Uh, I saw a couple articles that said uh, Gibson is now being uh, attacked for uh, maybe potentially ripping off the Les Paul design, or they lost uh, the Flying V design. Like oh, here, I there. remember hearing they lost the Flying V design or something like that. So yeah, I don't know if uh, how true uh, all of it is, but it's pretty interesting. I'll see hmm. guitar players online uh, put in their two cents on it too. That actually okay. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. Maybe not necessarily on that exact topic, but. At what point are you able to fully copyright something? Because because that seems interesting to me. Because yes, that style guitar that's right there on the wall is a Les Paul style. And Les Paul did debut that guitar body style through Gibson. Yeah. So, unless it's an exact copy, like one for one copy. And it's not. It feels like that would fall under the creative licensing. Yeah, because I saw the image of it was on the thing that I scrolled by on the article page or whatever. Right. And it had, you know, it was a lot rounder. It wasn't as thin at the, at the uh, uh, it's not as hourglass right. as the uh, Les Paul is. Yeah, and so, because I've seen plenty of them. I mean, hell, Mikey, you've got your, what, LT? Yeah, ESP. ESP. LTD. EC it's got a Les Paul shape. Yeah, I mean, so that's still a Les Paul shape, but it's still modified. It's not. It's not that exact body shape. Well, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the body shape's probably pretty, probably the same. It's not. Uh, but, your your yeah. right hook, the right side of the guitar. Oh, mine's definitely sharper. Uh huh. So that alone, different headstock, of course. And even on the right side, where your toggle switch is. Your yours is a little bit more rounded out. You've got more of a deeper cut. Yeah. So they have. So that design is modified just enough. So that's that feels like to me that wouldn't fall under that copyright. Now, if someone took that exact guitar, basically molded it and did did an exact one for one scale yeah. everything, then I feel they may have because that's because every guitar company has a Les Paul a Les Paul style guitar. Yeah, but it's like... But the, that shape of the body, at least. But but is that... So I guess where I'm kind of leading into on that, is that right or wrong, though? Is Gibson in the right for going, we own that style body? I don't think so. I don't think so at all, because even with the V, there's a million guitar companies that have V-shaped guitars. Right. So what are you saying? So so you're saying you agree or disagree with Gibson? I disagree with Gibson. Okay. I think they're uh, making a big mistake doing... And they're just now uh, yeah. on the up... They were on the up and up with uh, business after uh, they kind of went to the shitter for a few years, too. Yeah, it's just because they got so many big celebrity endorsements that they just constantly jacked their prices up and the quality of the guitars were going down. I, yeah, and it was, and uh, I don't know, and uh, I think they had some legal issues for a long time, too. And uh, they're always had to get legal. It was because of like bankruptcy shit. They, yeah. were, they were running out of money and cheaping out on their guitars. And their new president was just pumping out all kinds of like cool campaigns. They were going to push the new Joe Perry guitar mm-hmm. and everything, too. And then all this shit happens. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thankful for the one that I've got, the one that uh, Eric gave to me, because people always said, you know, Gibson's have an issue with the headstock. And I mean, you know, it's, it's right. gone it's gone through some hell and it's it's holding up just fine. What's your uh, dream guitar, Mikey? Hmm. 
never thought about it really because really? no. i would honestly have to say that one that i've got would be close to my dream guitar it's like i'm still pretty happy with the pickup in it i think i'd like to get a new one from black cat because of that one that sounded so fucking good oh in that yeah new junior you let's got. give a shout out to uh black uh black cat guitars real quick yeah i mean if they because I, I know that um uh ravagers guitarist matt gabs he's Thank got you. a pretty cool uh he's got a all of his guitars have uh, Black Cat P90s mm-hmm. in them. Or not, and I've, and I've various always, versions of them, too. He's got Piltertrons. He's got Humbuckers. He's got Single Coils with all like the uh, uh, actual 50s replica versions of the windings and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've always thoroughly enjoyed the tones that he's gotten out of those guitars. And then Cap got a pickup recently done through yep. Black Cat and got it in the uh, Junior that we've got. And holy moly it sounds good so super chat mm -hmm. so at some point i'll wind up wanting to reach out to them get a new pickup for that but uh out out i would maybe like a different v that i've got i mean i I really do like the one that i have but there's some things i'd like to do to it but when it comes to like dream guitars outside of maybe like a celebrity quote-unquote model or like a rock star model of something that's because part of the fun is uh, taking what you have and just making that better yeah and I, and I would say maybe well, I think it's, my I would like, dream guitar would be something I just design and customize there you, yeah, there you go. that's exactly where I was about yeah. to lead with it. My, I think the next big guitar purchase that I would even want to do would be where I reach out to an indie company and go hey I like your style let's work together and let's knock out something fully customized down to an engraving you know wood everything it's like I think that would be my only dream guitar is one 100% custom by me and what's weird is like I don't feel that with the uh, bass at all it's like I just just like having like you know my cool looking bass guitars but i guess with regular guitars i like having a little bit of more of me in it for some reason that makes absolute sense because i was the i was actually the exact same way with guitars until i got that gibson it was basically just give me something you know right it was just give me something let me play i don't care what it is and because to me it's just everything felt the same everything sounded the same and then when it's like i actually got a good guitar in my hand and when you started, know what tone is and shit yes, like this when i got older and paid attention to tone and feeling and action and everything else i'm like oh okay there's a big difference yeah <laughs> so yeah so with that i would say that i'm the same way still with bass because I don't have a huge love for bass. I like playing bass. I'm playing bass. Actually, that's another thing we're doing. I'm playing bass in Rabbit Salesman now. So <laughs> <laughs> so I get to play bass again, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But, you know, I, I don't care. It's like I, I like the P. I, it's like I've got my Thunderbird, and then I like playing your P bass because I just like the action on it. <laughs> but it's like outside of that, that's like I'm not crazy about having a certain particular bass tone or feel or anything like that. I think with bass, it's like more tone oriented about like, a, all right, I want a P bass tone for this song, or I want a Thunderbird bass because it's two completely different things. But outside of those specific rock bass tones, I haven't gone further really and for me it just feels like i can whip any bass into shape sound tone wise through the amp yeah you know it's like even the thunderbird i can get a slight p bass tone out of it if i cut a lot of the bass out of it and pull up the treble bass players with like a zillion pedals and i know a lot of good bass players with a zillion pedals <laughs> tanner but <laughs> he's fucking amazing but i don't understand all those pedals <laughs> Oh, I, I give him so much shit for that. Uh, the Like Machines page uh, posted something. It was like right before they posted um, uh, Kaiser. 
and it was like a photo of like the pedal board that Tanner has on their story. And it, had, it was like one of those vote things where it's like, you can hit yes or no. And the question was, uh, do you think there's room for one more pedal? And I, and it, through the fan page, I hit no. <laughs> I bet. You should have been like, if anything, less. Well, well, that's the thing, though. You can only do a yes or no answer. So, oh, I, so I just said no. And then a couple hours later, he replies back. He goes, you're like one of only three people out of all the people that replied that said no. And he, and he was like, there's always room for more. And, and then I typed in, less is more with a bunch of exclamation points. And we were just like <laughs> talking shit back and forth on that for a minute. That's funny. <laughs> this guy that plays a violin with us in Kelsey's band, he plays like, through a violin through an amp and like a huge pedal board i noticed that so real quick that what he so he's not like a guitarist and that's like his guitar pedal board that he just brings to shows oh to he use plays guitar violin. too he's one of those kids that is sick and can play everything but, but but is that like his pedal board for everything or is that his pedal board for the violin good question i haven't asked him that I'll, next time I see just him. for the violin, what the fuck? Yeah, really? That, dude, you weren't at the show, that, and I, this isn't shit talking. It's just I'm confused. He had like fucking eight or ten pedals on this board. No joke. Dude, it's like Prince on violin. Oh, he's wicked amazing. <laughs> he's crazy talented. And like I said, this is in no way like talking shit. It's just I'm confused. What do all those pedals do if it's strictly for the violin? <laughs> he has like a wah pedal and shit. It's pretty it's pretty wild. He didn't he didn't use the wah pedal. No, but it was there. I've seen him use I, it. I want to hear Damn it. I want to hear him <laughs> use a wah pedal on a violin. That would be awesome. Hey, the kid uh, look up Emmanuel Winter for uh, folks uh, curious. Uh, he'll show you. Does he have like videos on his? He's got Facebook videos. Like, oh yeah, he's all over the place, social media wise. Awesome. No, I, I'd have to check. It. I'm gonna have to send him a video now. I'd be like, think of like some old blues song or whatever. And, oh, he'll and, do and all that Stevie Ray Vaughan bullshit and, and, too. And, and tell him, be like, give us a little solo with a wah pedal. <laughs> Voodoo child with a violin. He'll probably make it sound good too. Oh my god, yes. You gotta tell him to do that as request from the Something Good for You podcast. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll slap it on the end of an episode or in a segment some point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mikey, you actually have um, not. Because I've always, Cap and I are always talking about, you know, oh, no, no, we're doing this project, we're doing this project. You've tried getting a few of them off. I mean, but why hadn't you ever, because I know you really enjoy metal. Why hadn't you ever tried getting a metal project going? Or did school um, come first? Yeah, school's first. Okay. And now it's just work, work, work. And, uh, and the fillings. And your side hustle, too. I'm sure your side hustle is... Uh, well, that's work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but we're doing all that. I've got a 9 to 5, and yeah. I'm doing all my side hustle, plus the fill-ins, plus Super Jet, plus Rabbit Salesman, plus the random Biggie Stardust show every <laughs> Mikey's so Mikey's like, I like to sleep. <laughs> well, plus the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I just need to find the right people to do it, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to say I'm better than i am but i've tried and then usually it's a matter of well, you're better than the rest of us and i'm like yeah i kind of noticed that too <laughs> we'll see but that's Mike, not you've been spoiled by good company is that what you're trying to tell us i mean i guess like i said i'm not the best but... yelling into that thing you know, oh really <laughs> you, well not only did you get closer to it but you raised your voice <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> what do you mean you don't know it's your head <laughs> i was getting excited <laughs> i can tell <laughs> No, but I, I've actually been there because um, even in uh, Roanoke, 
uh, it really has to kind of do with your surrounding because I was nowhere, you know, a good guitar player. I still don't really feel that I'm a great guitar player, but even for my age, I could, my one thing is I knew how to keep rhythm. Mm -hmm. I may have not been proficient, but I could keep a rhythm. You know, you could count on me to, you know, keep a beat. You know, I could lock in with the drummer and I was good. So that was, that was the one thing I could always bring to the table is, Hey, I play basic, but you're not going to have to worry about me getting lost. I can keep up, you know? So that's at least where I always came from. But then I would deal with drummers that really couldn't play. And then other guitarists that didn't have the same kind of tempo I did. And they would kind of do a different picking. And I'm like, I know this isn't, you know, we're trying to like, I'd be showing like, you know, actually one of the earliest songs written was let go. So it's like, you know, trying to do let go with that certain kind of rhythm. And, you know, the guy I was working with maybe was kind of doing like an up pick kind of thing, almost like a ska feel. And I'm like, no, 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 it's you know, (laughs) isolate that and use it in something. (laughs) No, but it was sounds like there was like just no chemistry at all either. Well, I wouldn't say there was no chemistry. But a level of musicianship always helps too. Oh, absolutely. So I so I can see that well, with Wingate Monroe area for Mikey. Yeah. Well, I'm an Indian Trail now. Yeah. But that's another thing with more metal music is it's I guess uh, it's a lot more technical. So there's a lot more room for riffs and different parts and shit. Yeah. And then trying to work with other guitar players is sometimes a pain in the ass. Really? Because everyone thinks their riff's the best riff. Uh-huh. And then it's just a matter of back and forth. Of <laughs> Mikey's just like, I got all this solid, just awesome material. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's just... That's why I'm sitting here going, uh-huh, you're telling me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but... Um... And then the one I did have a couple years ago... Um, was just a side project because it was me and then a bunch of other guys that were all in different bands and we recorded two songs and then they were like well that was fun let's we're going back to our old bands now because our band decided they didn't want to be on hiatus anymore and my band found a drummer so (laughs) see ya it's like all right all right (laughs) i'm back guys that was a fun four months (laughs) could also dealt with the name change yeah (laughs) What about um, the idea of just like uh, doing multiple projects just in case one of them falls through? I've never really looked at it. Well, maybe for me personally, I've never really looked at it like that because, you know, through Roanoke to now, you know, of course, I see the three of us as the fill-ins now because the three of y'all have been with me since two that. Well, we three of us have been doing this since 2014, right. you know, so it's like this is the fill-ins now, but from the way I always looked at it, you know, up till maybe a few years ago, the fill-ins was always whatever members I had, you know? So it's like, I never really looked at it as having multiple projects in case something fell through because even if everyone left the fill-ins like they did in Roanoke, I'll just move fucking towns and start it over again. See, that's why I'm not in a, in a metal band is because I can't find a metal version of Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be the metal version of me. I, I don't want to, man. I can't. <laughs> But why? Because it's but if, so but much. See, but, but if you've got the riffage and you've got something you got to get out, you just have to make it happen. Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason. It's like, so a little bit more backstory on what I was just talking on. The original, because I wasn't the original singer for the fill-ins either. I was supposed to be just guitar. Yeah. And the singer and I were supposed to move down here ourselves, find a new drummer, find a new bassist, 
and really kick ass because we were not happy with the bass and drummer we had in Roanoke and we couldn't find anyone talented enough to play the music we wanted to play. Right. And in retrospect, it wasn't that fucking hard because we had songs like Let Go, Save the Rock, Shut the Fuck Up. Very easy songs, but we couldn't find a drummer or bassist that could really play it the way we wanted it to be played because of the climate of the music scene up there, which was very 90s and rap rock kind of influence. So it's like even the drummers there kind of had that hip hop kind of beat. We're like, no, we need a fucking caveman behind the drum kit, especially for those songs we were writing at the time. It's like, give us a heavy beat. Don't fuck around, (laughs) you know? And then last minute, guitar uh, vocalist just got cold feet. And that caused a huge fight, and we've just barely talked since. Hmm. But and then so I just said screw it, and moved down here anyway, and that's that's like the that's one that when I moved in with Tony. <laughs> As I told him, I was like, "Hey, um, my dude, shit out on me, but I'm chasing a dream." He goes, "Cool, come on down. <laughs> you are the next contestant on Free Place to Stay till you get a job, motherfucker. Hurry up!" <laughs> and look at you now. Yeah, look at all these years later. Now we're starting a podcast together <laughs> and playing in a band together. No, see, but I love the the idea of like uh, all of us like putting all of our energy into stuff that we want to keep around and stuff too. Yeah, and that's why I was kind of maybe throwing it toward you know your direction, going you know hey if that's something that you're really passionate for, you have to be what you were saying. You know, you just got to find the metal version of me. You have to become the metal version of me. You just got to make it happen, whether it be with your. Um, you know the massage therapy or whether it be with if you want to get out some heavy music you just gotta make it happen i guess you're right hell even if it's just queuing up a drum machine on your guitar computer and just riffing even if it's just instrumentals yeah well i've already got i actually ran into a friend of mine i haven't seen him in like three years but he worked at a walmart with me and i ran into him at guitar center and he was jamming yeah and he's decent he's not uh he's not bad yeah but I was talking to him, and uh, he only lives like 10 minutes from me. And he was just like, yeah, dude. He's just like, uh, he's like, my girl left me. He's like, I just kind of picked up the guitar back up. He's like, I got all this recording software that I bought and all the material to do it. And he's just like, so if you ever want to come over and just lay down some tracks and hang out. So I'm there you go, probably going to hit him up and yeah, dude. take advantage of that. Grab it. Rock it out, man. Mm. It's like, and you got a studio to go to if you ever feel so inclined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, oh man, it's so much work. <laughs> yeah, but but is it, it worth is. it in the end? <laughs> Hopefully. See, but that's that's the way you always have to weigh it. It's like because I'm looking at it from you know if the things that I'm doing is gonna be worth it in the end. You know, you know, I've I've always liked doing you know the photo, video, audio shit. So now it's gonna be worth it for me to really put my you know energy into it. It's clearly been worth it doing the band stuff. So, you know, it's worth putting the energy in that. And part know. of it is making sure it's something you enjoy, too. It's like, oh, I'm going to make this as and make it as good as it can be at the same time. Oh, absolutely. So, and finding your way of defining what is and what isn't. So you just have to grab that shit by the horns, Mikey. Grab the bull by the horns and <laughs> fuck him up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> what shit's been making you laugh lately, dude? So I'm sure you've seen some funny Buzzards shit fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting mm. back into that one. Again, folks, sign up to the Patreon. <laughs> Morning Growler. Like I said, man, I haven't been doing anything fun lately except playing music or consuming anything fun. Other than well, like I like what I do. I think it's fun, but it's not like funny. But like, the, but <laughs> I've been watching that new. Uh, well, actually, we just finished the last episode of uh, Mystery Glacius. Mystery 
Iglesias. I can't say his Iglesias. last name. Iglesias. I have last no idea what Netflix. it is, but I'm just assuming that's what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Gabriel, Gabriel Iglesias. Iglesias. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that show on Netflix. That would be my next question. That was funny. Just <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias is a teacher. Here's what it would be like. And action. <laughs> oh, no. And it's just all the same Gabriel Iglesias fluffy jokes or whatever. No, nah, it was actually pretty good. I oh, had okay. a good... Uh, <laughs> What y'all saw? Very family friendly comedy too. Yeah, it was fun. He's got a, his base is like really. He's been real successful with that consistently for like 10, 15 years too, which is wild. Yeah, I think he's funny. Um, as us to uh, mom and Clayton, but what would y'all say y'all's favorite comedians out right now are? Hmm. And I like the little network of podcasting comedians like your Tom Segura's and Burt Kreischer's and uh, folks like that. Uh, Ari. Barry Shafira. <laughs> he's funny. Especially when they get in the room and shit talk. Oh, yeah. I th- it's weird. Like, you have all these comedians. He's taking shrooms. Dude, why are you taking your shoes off? I don't know. <laughs> I heard that, too. I took them off a few minutes ago, and it just felt right. <laughs> all right. I'll just drop an acid before they get on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've been uh, thoroughly enjoying Bert, and uh, Bert's actually got a new uh, YouTube. Well, I don't want to say new. I don't know how long it's been out, uh, but he's got a YouTube show called Something's Burning. Oh, yeah, this cooking show. I've seen that. Oh, my God. Huh. It's funny as hell, dude. If you haven't seen any of the episodes. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'll, yeah, I'll play you one before you leave. It's actually really funny. He'll he'll have... Uh, hell, there was one with... Um, what's his I've seen the one with I've seen the one with Bill Burr. That's, That's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, it was Bill Burr. And I think Ari was on that one, too. I think you're right. Oh, my God. That, that one was just a train wreck, and it was hilarious. And, and essentially, it's Bert is trying to cook a meal for his guests, and it's just the typical Bertisms. He'll start trying to tell a story, and he gets all red in the face and can barely move. And he's like, what the fuck are we even doing? Oh, shit. Okay, no, we got to get back to this. <laughs> and they're having to like reread the instructions over and over. Half the time, the guests are getting up going, no, 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 it's this. And this move out of the way, dude, or like um, Bill Burr would start chopping something. He's like, "Oh, you're doing really good. If you want to keep chopping this and this for me, <laughs> now the comedians fun. are doing it right. Every comedian has a podcast and a YouTube show and something along those lines to get. I have to say my everybody uh, my recent favorite has been Sean Patton. I think he's fucking hilarious the he way is. he animates himself. Oh, and Sean Patton's been on stories. an episode too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they he had a. I haven't seen the cooking one you're talking about, but he interviewed him on his podcast. I watched yeah. that. Yeah. No, that was a good episode. I listened yeah. to that one. Yeah, they they talk about that episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's where they talk about the cooking show. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it, it's that it's just genuinely funny. I think Bert is one of the more genuinely funny comedians. I saw right him now. Uh, a couple of years ago, and <laughs> I t- uh, got his got a picture take, uh, taken with him. He goes, uh, he was doing his bit at the end of his uh, routine. Uh, it was like trying to pull everybody to shout the machine and shit like that. And he goes, of course it's going to be the machine, whatever. And he does the whole bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But it looked like he was kind of like doing a uh, request thing at the end, too. He's like, y'all want to hear the bear story, the Tracy Morgan story? <laughs> so it was a nice little bounce like with all of his uh, original bits from his last uh, special. Mm-hmm. And then he closed it out with the machine story. So it was a nice little bounce. But he told the machine story different. Yo, yeah, and that's and that's the thing I enjoy about him too is he he definitely has his skits, you know, he has the stories, he has the things that he's going to tell, but he is still real with it, and he still gets genuinely tickled at himself, and he'll go off script for a little bit, and you can tell he does, so mm. it's like he he doesn't. 
he isn't a machine when it comes to his comedy. He still lets it flow and just lets whatever happen happen kind of thing. So, and I think that, and I think comedians that get tickled at themselves are actually funny. And it's not a situation of they're kind of telling you you need to laugh here. It's just they find it so funny and they want to share it with you because it makes them laugh. Did you guys watch uh, Joe Coy's new special? Mm-mm. I don't know. It was really I'm- funny. I've seen him make the rounds online and stuff like that. I watched it twice. It's <laughs> so fucking funny. I need to sit down. I don't even have... I haven't really sat down with Netflix in a long time, really. I don't I don't have a TV at the house. That's how busy I've kept myself. <laughs> it's like, I don't have any distractions anymore. I'm just going to go out and do this. So anytime I'm at home, I'm, just watch, I'm watching comedians, but it's mostly on listening to them uh, on a YouTube video, on a podcast. And yeah. that's kind of what I fall asleep to. I was going to say, you turned me on to... Uh, I mean, you fall asleep to comedy specials. What boring, the same com- thing. what boring oh, no, comedians, comedians are you listening oh, the com- to? The comedians that uh, talk. It's comedians talking to each other on podcasts and shit like that. Yeah, that's what it is. No, but it's mostly just podcasts of comedians talking to each other. That usually makes me fall asleep. Fall asleep to the Joey Diaz podcast. Oh God! <laughs> What's up, you brain cocksucker? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Wake the fuck up, you lazy bastard! <laughs> That's what you need. You need a Joey Diaz alarm clock, dude. <laughs> Wake the fuck up, you lazy bastard! Good morning, you cocksuckers, and he just gives you a long fifteen-minute diatribe. <laughs> About, about how he kidnapped somebody and then found retribution. <laughs> is the, um, what is it, the uh, Sammy Hagar podcast still going? I know, it's the David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth, yeah. That's just an hour of just utter nonsense. Is it nonsense. still going? It's still going. Hang that, on a that second. That feels like that's one of those where it's like he would have kept it going for a few months and then got bored with it. I'm pretty, yes, that m- might be what happens because it's just, he's doing it all himself. I'm sure he's paying out of pocket for this stuff. I mean, what's he having to pay? Uh, producers. To do what? <laughs> Talk back with him. <laughs> he uh-huh. could afford it. <laughs> he said he was doing it by himself. No, I mean, like, he's uh, running the operation himself. Oh, he said... Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. When we're referring to a podcast, and then you go, he's doing it himself. Does he still live in Japan? Oh, uh, he did live in Japan for a minute, but I think he's just back in L.A. doing this whole thing. Mm. Did they take it off? Hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, he got real bored with it, then. Yeah, really. Or do you just not know how to work your phone? I'm finding it. I'm finding it. <laughs> what podcast have you been listening to, Mikey? Um, let's see. Aside from Hollywood Babylon, yeah, I was gonna say aside from of, the Askew Smod Coast just shows. God, that one just kind of. I don't even pay attention to Hollywood Babylon. I feel like the past because uh, they're doing that European tour, so it was just like every episode was the same. Yeah, and you had to listen to Kevin explain the Ralph scene every time for like I fifteen know, minutes, and, and then you don't even get show, to listen to it. And it's just like, run. damn it! <laughs> no, well, we I, should be getting a trailer for that any day now, though. Oh yeah, I can't I, wait. I know it's gonna be fun. I tried. Um, I tried to look up uh, what was taking up uh, the mo- all that time with the David Lee Roth stuff, and apparently he's now learning to edit descriptions in his iTunes as well. <laughs> As we're recording, so. <laughs> All right. Cool deal. So he's still doing it then. Who's figuring it out? <laughs> what have I been listening to? We tried getting you on last podcast on the left. Yeah, I need to finish that second episode of the, um, that alien sighting, the one at the base in the, uh, 
in Europe. They're doing that? one on Bonnie and Clyde right now, and that's been yeah. really good. Yeah, I see that. I usually, I usually like to wait until all the parts have been uploaded, and then I'll yeah start something. And then just kill an afternoon with the whole series. Um, that's about it. I listen to Joe Rogan if he's got a good guest on. Yeah, it's always hit or miss too. It's just like I don't want to hear him talk about weed with the, with uh, this guy. It'll be the same conversation I've heard him do with the last guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and plus, just, Joe just gets on my nerves after a while. I r- wouldn't even say with the weed talk, but just his attitude. I don't Bro, know, some, 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 totally some, try this, man. Some, Make some, a better person. Some of his attitude just really rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. But it also depends on his guests. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed his Dr. Phil episode. Yeah. And when he's funny, he's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, it just it depends on his guests and how comfortable and how close they are. Yeah. The more of a bro guest he has on, the less I can tolerate him. But when the MMA shows. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, it's like, I, don't even, I don't watch those. But like if he's got like a CEO on or, oh, yeah. or he's got like some tech guy on or a musician. I actually he just went gets. back and rewatched the first one he did with Gary V. And that one's got so many gems in it. It's a very good episode. I'm sure it is. Oh, I, I like the recent one he did where he was talking with the uh, CEO of Twitter. That's talking that was about all the censorship. That was a whole thing. That was like a good two and a half hour episode, just talking about all their censorship and shadow banning, and like people getting banned on Twitter and how hmm. that's happening and why it's happening. And, and he had a like lawyer that. on with him, and they duck and they duck the fuck out of the serious questions. Oh yeah. Nice. It, it was it was a very interesting episode, and Joe was very tolerable on that one because he was just trying to get some answers and just kind of letting them talk. I see, because he, I'll give him credit. He's good because he knows the longer he lets just someone talk, the more they're just gonna say something. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in those scenarios, he'll just kind of sit back and just uh huh yeah yeah you know and just keep letting them just have that stream of consciousness and then he'll go but wait a minute wait a minute earlier you said this so like he'll wait for a contradiction and then that's really when the conversation starts flowing so i'll give him credit on that he knows when to shut up and let someone hang themselves right. and then be like but wait a minute <laughs> the other guy with him just wouldn't st- stop uh getting at him either like rightfully in my opinion but he was just going on like you're responsible for this 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 and this and mm-hmm. And, uh, again, they just kept ducking all those questions. Yeah, so th- those are really the only episodes of Rogan that I kind of like. Or, yeah. like, the ones where you know it's going to be a little more interesting than just some buddies hanging out. I don't like his buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're Burt Kreischer and Ari and Tom. I, I still Even have... those episodes yeah. get to the point. It's just like, Off okay, the rails guys. quick. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, I, 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 no, no. It's like Joey Diaz half the time. He's just, like, two edibles deep and just... <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just. But he'll go off the rails too. Yeah, that, that's a, his voice is the only reason I can't listen to that one. It's like I, I'm not even a big like you. He's got a bad voice. I can't listen to that. But just that that's a little too much. Same like more, if Lemmy had a podcast, I couldn't have listened to that. I was about that was gonna be my next question. Uh, should uh, more bands start doing podcasts since all these all the comedians have one? I don't know. That's interesting because. I know we're not original in doing this. I know there's a handful of bands that do podcasts, um, even on like an indie scale, not just national. Right. Uh, so, I, so I know that you know there's there's definitely you know those this dynamic already in the podcasting world. It really just comes down to if you've got something to say. You know, it's like if you if you feel like you as a group, you know, have some interesting conversations and other people would be interested, then yeah. But right. I, I don't necessarily think that every single person and their brother should be having a damn podcast. I don't either. Which but is kind of what's of, happening. 
I don't either. But the idea of like when I what I see with the comedians and their podcast is the, another way to get all their friends in the circuit up and promote their shows. Oh, and absolutely. They come hang the day of the shows, and that's just extra promo, and they get to hang and stuff like that too. Yeah, and and I think that also just kind of works a little bit more in their realm because their world is telling stories. Right. You know, so that's just a continuation of their world having a podcast for every comedian having a podcast makes sense because all that is is a continuation of the stories they tell or don't tell on stage the records you would buy usually back in the 90s and early 2000s and they get to nerd out on on the art of comedy and stuff like that too right so but with musicians it really comes down to our medium is music right so there's bands that you're always going to be in love with, but you know, if you're going to have a strictly music based show, you got to have that music covers to talk a about. A lot of bases, too. Yeah. It's not where comedy is just a singular art form. But that's, but, but I think you're missing my point there. They have a much broader realm to talk about. That's true. With bands, I feel that if they try to start shows, they try to keep it a little bit more centralized to their exact world. Whereas if they have enough to say and are engaging enough, doing a typical show might actually kind of help like what we do right because they get to kind of look back and go oh okay well here's a different side of them with comedians you're just seeing more of them with a band doing a podcast it's maybe a chance to see another side of them so you get so comfortable you, and all that kind of stuff outside of like your typical interviews right so if i so i when you ask you know should more bands have podcasts I think just my easy answer on that is that they've just got something interesting to say. Yeah. I think it, I don't think it should be a constant commercial for the band. No. You know, but I feel that's what maybe a lot of them would look at it as. Right. If they got something like outside their box and, uh, yeah, I think you're right because if every band does it, then it's only going to be about, yeah, their circle of friends and their mm-hmm. style of music and there's yeah. a zillion types of music. And so at the end of the day, who's going to give a fuck? But, yeah, it's like but, anything else. Yeah, and I think someone like Danco Jones does a real good job at straddling that line because he's he's just indie enough to where he you know understands and you know he can relate still with his fans and you know reaches out to them, but right. he still has enough of a pull to where he could go, hey James Hetfield, you know, do an interview with me, you know, or something like that. You right. know, he has enough of that fanboy pull to where he could do that, but then on his show he can still nerd out about anything. That's all about having a platform for it to stand out too yeah and like henry rollins he was born for podcasts oh yeah you know it's like he he was made for that sort of shit so i think it just comes down to the right person yeah it does surprise me when i see some bands i think like steel panther had a podcast for a while and i'm like what did they talk about and david lee roth too it's just utter nonsense yeah so there's some that just don't make sense to me yeah, and now that I think about it, I, I remember I uh, brought up a couple of weeks ago that David Gilmore and Robert Plant started uh, podcast episodes know, on their like... own too, and it's Robert Plant talking about an album he did in the '80s. Who the fuck wants to sit down and listen to that? It's like, was it in Led? No, shut up. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so I, I, I don't know. I'm never gonna be like you know, don't do something if you got something to say, right. do it, but. I think there's a lot of people that get into it looking for it to be either a huge promotion tool or a cash cow. And when it doesn't become that, they get discouraged and just put it to the side. Right. You got to enjoy doing it. Exactly. And I enjoy doing it. Same. So what else do we want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about uh, 
how fun uh the bang energy uh, uh campaigns are god yeah because uh right now the big meme thing is uh the monster energy kyle thing punching drywall i, I don't get i'm i know I'm not it's tired like of uh, we want another version of chad but like one from 20 years ago or whatever <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm still not sick of those memes yet i think they're pretty good. <laughs> because they are accurate yeah, but we were talking about the Bang Energy one because I, I genuinely like Bang, not sponsored. Hate Energy, sponsors. But I'm out of stock and, you know, you don't get high on your own supply. Uh, <laughs> so I just posted a photo on Instagram going, you know, if, if Kyle's punching drywall, drink Monster Energy, you know, what, what are folks that drink Bang? And um, David sent me this, um, David Hammer, uh, the channel artist, he actually sent me this link to this meme page of like, you know, all these really funny bang memes and they're good. And we started bringing up the Instagram page. And then when Cap got here, he looked at the Instagram page, <laughs> which Mikey summed it up best by going, <laughs> ass, 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 bang energy. Ass, 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 ass. <laughs> and I pull up on Instagram and it's literally nothing ass, but half, ass, ass, half ass, naked ass, women ass, bang and one photo of bang energy drink. All right, so here's here's how bang got to be where they're at. Oh. So bang uh, is a product from a company, uh, VPI. They're a supplement company. Okay. And so I worked... I think I've talked about this in the podcast. I used to work at GNC, and it was, man, maybe two, two and a half years ago now. So it's been a minute. So VPI had a drink out called Redline, and it came in a red bottle. Um, some of them had like, like, uh, like a rainbow on the top or whatever. But like red bottle, there's a little see-through part. You could see the liquid. It was clear. Um, kind of the same premise sports performance drinks got right. your caffeine b vitamins um i don't know if the if the red line had creatine and the amino acids added into it but anyways they didn't taste very good and they didn't sell very well either like a few people came in and bought them but that was it um company vpi wasn't doing too hot like it got to the point where that was like the only product we carried of VPI was those red line drinks. I vaguely and remember then, the red line drinks. Yeah, they were all right. I mean, honestly, it was, they tasted like bangs. Not as good, but they were getting there. Right. And then I think, man, no, it was when I started working there. They had launched like two weeks prior, is when Bang launched. And they came out with Bang. Yeah, yeah. And um, same exact formula as Redline, like I said, only they just added some creatine and some amino acids. But just having it in the can and then carbonated and then just that design, like, it just took off, dude. Mm -hmm. And it started, it was just like blue raspberry, cotton candy, and fruit punch. And that's all we had because that's all they made. And now they have like 20 different flavors oh, yeah. and 10 different uncaffeinated flavors. And now they got their coffee flavors. And uh, this is also the time that Instagram fitness celebrities were on the up and up. Like, this is when it really took off. Okay. So that's why their Instagram is just nothing but a bunch of fitness chicks <laughs> showing off their bodies, drinking bang energy, which I joked about on the podcast before, but it's true. As long as you're a lady and you have a nice body, you just get on Instagram and boom followers Basically. and now you have bang energy drink for free <laughs> i'm sure everybody in the fitness world is like super aware well, of all but of it yeah too. well but there was so some bang takes. is what like 
their success in GNC, obviously, and then it took off. You can find it in 7-Eleven, any gas station. Walmart has them for $1.89 a can. So if you're going to get them, go to Walmart. <laughs> um, and then, say, there's some beefcakes on that Instagram. You need to start taking some shirtless pictures. Get us some uh, yeah, free bangs. Uh, get some free bangs. Be an Instagram oh, yeah. fitness celebrity for us, man. Yeah, I need to lean up some. Get some good Photoshop. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, Alex. <laughs> Got you, buddy. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they exploded. And then, like, all the new brands that have been coming in GNC and taking off, like, everyone in the supplement industry is now hopping on that energy drink, mm-hmm. like, bandwagon. And now everyone's just pumping out carbonated energy drinks. And it's what sells like crazy. So, do you remember the lawsuit that was going on with Bang? Uh, vaguely. So, I, I, same here. Mine's extremely vague, and I'm paraphrasing some, so I may get some of the details wrong. But the general gist of it was, you were saying, now you can find it in Walmart and gas stations and shit. There's a reason. They were trying to get in all those places. The three major energy drink companies would not oh, allow yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. because they had all the shelf space, and they would not give up enough shelf space to let them have a spot. And then the only gas station that allowed it was QT, and that's what started the lawsuit because that was for a while all you could find them was in QT. And it wasn't even in the freezer. It was next to, like, the sandwiches and shit. Right. Uh-huh. They just sat them there. Yeah, so it's like, but that's what started because that was the only place they could get in, and that was the only spot they could be in. And basically, but they won the lawsuit. They won it. And basically, the, those, the three major companies had to pay some sort of fine, I think, or something along those lines. And now that's why you see it everywhere because they, they won the, loot, the suit. So I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. A little ending company stood up to three majors and won how, all over shelf space. And how long ago was this? Maybe a year or two ago. Okay. Yeah, not too it's long. Time I ever, like ever I said, seen. when I started at GNC two and a half years ago, that's essentially when... Yeah, they've been around out. for about three, four years. Like they, okay. they were out for a little bit before you guys got them. Right. But yeah, they've they've been out for they they're a relatively new company. The only time I would ever see them would be whenever we would stop at QTs. Yeah, because again, that was just one of the few places you could find. But yeah, now the Seven Eleven right down my road's got them. <laughs> so it's like you can find them everywhere. Good on. But yeah, so they hit that market just right, and now everyone's copying them, and in a weird way giving gnc business but still putting them out of business how so how's it putting them out of business? uh well when i worked at gnc uh because it's a sales job so they're always up your ass about right. getting your numbers up and yeah. pushing product and push these brands over these brands but i'd say eight out of the ten customers that walk into that store just come in buy a drink buy an energy or buy a protein bar and that's it yeah so that's another way they fucking nailed it because that's what most people walk in to grab anyways. How, how much good does that shit actually do? Because for me, I don't look as at the energy drink as a dietary supplement like people do. I look at it as I enjoy bang because I like the ingredients that are in it. You know, I like the basically vitamin supplement drink with a good flavor. You know, it doesn't have all the extra crap that, you know, the other shit has like hate, hate, you know, same thing with hate. There's an all bunch of extra crap in it. And that's why I liked it. Yeah, right. That's another reason they took off because their zero sugar actually tasted good. And all mm-hmm. the other brands yeah. taste like ass. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect. So I don't look at it as a dietary supplement, even, even when I was on the Atkins diet. When I would get those protein bars, I didn't really see that as a meal replacement. I saw that as a, I can eat this and not be hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't replacing a meal. This was, I'm eating this until I can have something healthy. 
you know? So do people genuinely like look at that as like a full meal replacement or like use that as like, I'm only going to eat these bars and drink these energy drinks and I'm going to lose weight. Mm, No, most, the ones that come in looking to lose weight, those are your spenders. Those are the ones you take advantage of and (laughs) empty their pockets. And the thing is, is like, is as shitty as that sounds, it's like, but that's kind of what has to wind up happening. If you want to make money. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, it's also the scenario of... That's ultimately the reason I left, though. I was tired. I actually just talked to a, um, my buddy, Will Carter, he owns uh, No Limits Fitness in Monroe. And so he sells a bunch of supplements, like, out of his gym. So he'll get, like, bangs and protein tubs and whatever, wholesale price, and then resell it, which is fucking genius, kills it but um it's one protein line uh made by synthesis you get 28 servings 30 bucks uh it's like 25 to 30 grams of protein depending on the flavor and then like two to three grams of sugar which ideally you don't want any but it's three grams get the fuck over yourself (laughs) and it tastes a few more (laughs) push-ups yeah right but uh man it's the best tasting there is and so when I worked at GNC, I'd always just sell that to people. I'm like, this is what I take. It tastes good. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get tired of it. Any flavor you want besides the plain chocolate, go for it. Yeah. And people would buy it. And then a month later, they'd come back. They're like, yeah, I want some more of that shit. And then my manager pulled me aside. And he was just like, well, why don't you push the GNC brand? I'm like, well, because ours is also 28 servings, um, 30 grams of protein, but it's 60 bucks and it tastes like ass. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, you know, you make $6 off of each one you sell. You're not making any money off the Synthesis. And I'm like, but I have some integrity, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's. In the field, in uh, the place that I'll work, you know, in, in my day job, they'll sometimes have me do customer service and it's a vape job. And people will come in, they're like, what's the best one you've got? That is such a loaded question because right. it's, it's so... What are you looking for, man? Yeah. yeah Where can we start? Yeah. Or they'll be like, you know, what's your best flavor? Well, what kind of flavor are you looking for? I don't know. Just tell me something. All right. What do you want a tobacco? Do you want a mint? Do you want fruit? Do you want sweet? Do you want... What, what the fuck do you want, dude? Oh, just whatever you got. We have over a hundred flavors, motherfucker. You've got to start me somewhere. Oh, whatever's good. Whatever your best selling is. Do you want the best selling tobacco? Do you want the best selling sweet... You realize all sales are final, right? <laughs> I'm not having your ass coming back in here in a week going, this tastes like crap. I want a refund. I want to make sure I'm getting what you want. And then also I people got all day. Yeah. And I think that's just why I don't do well in customer service stuff either. Cause hell, even when I worked fragrance, I was selling men's cologne for a while. People would just come up. What's your best uh, smelling one? Okay, are you wanting an all-day wear? Are you looking for date night? Are you, you know, is it, what are you looking for? You know, do you do you have a stronger body odor? Or, you know, do you have to not shower every fucking day? You know, all of this plays into what you're going to want to wear. You don't want to wear something overbearing if you have a naturally overbearing body odor. You know, it's, if you, hey, I know this smells sweet right now, but hey, you got a lot of BO. When it mixes in, it's going to just be nice. Trust me. You know, so it's like... It, it always falls under that sort of thing. So there's just so much that people just need to make up their own damn minds and quit just going, just give it to me. Just, yeah. yeah. I, I th- and that's the reason I just can't do customer service is like just people do not do research at all. It's the same people. And I've bitched about this before and I will bitch about this till the end of time. It's the same people. And when I was working at Macy's, 
it would walk up and go, where's the restroom? And the oh, sign right is literally right <laughs> above my fucking head. Right above my head. It says restrooms with a fucking arrow. And they will still walk up to me and ask, where's the bathroom? And the only thought was, you drove here. You have an automobile and you drive. Yet you can't find the fucking bathroom? That scares me. You don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Me and my manager, we got sick of it for a while. Uh, and we, we actually coordinated like a little hand, like a uh, finger snap kind of thing. Like people would go, like, where is the restroom? We'd look at each other and go like, a, right over there. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Kind of did the ZZ Top twirl uh, for those at home. <laughs> that was something. No, and actually on my very last day working there, and I only did it because it was a kid close to my age. I wouldn't have done it to anyone else, but this guy walks up, and I was in an annoying mood. He walks up, he goes, hey, where's your bathroom? It's like, we don't have one. It's like, what? I was like, no, we don't have a bathroom. He goes, yeah, you do. I've used it here. I said, yeah, we had to take it out. You have to pee right here on the floor. <laughs> and he just stared at me. And then I just pointed up and he looked up. He goes, oh, thanks. And then just walks away. <laughs> I learned uh, when I worked at Walmart, people fail to realize that Walmart's such a big store that employees are assigned to certain sections. Mm -hmm. So some people work in electronics. Some people work in the grocery or clothes yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yep. Sometimes we have to take breaks and we walk all the way to the front of the Walmart to hang out at McDonald's, eat some food, and then we have to walk back to our section. So when someone stops you and they're like, hey, where's blah, blah, blah? And you're like, oh, I'm not too sure. I don't work in this section. Or, or let me go find someone to help you with that. And they're yeah. like, oh, well, you don't work here? Or like, well, I do, but I don't work here. Well, see, all right. So I will say this, though. I I'll argue on their side of it some. I don't work at Harris Teeter, but I could tell you exactly where that shit is. Yeah. The Walmart I go to regularly I could tell you where shit is. So that does annoy me. If I walk up to someone and I'm like, hey, where's at least the yada yada department? Yeah. And they go, oh, no. Oh, I will fucking yeah, snap no. back with it. <laughs> Do you not work here, you dumbass? I, this is a Walmart I'm not at all the time. I know where my shit is at my usual Walmart. <laughs> yeah, well, it's never been just departments. It's always specific items. They're like, I need to find this. Yeah. And even when you're uh, nice, you're like, well, let me go find someone to help you out. And then they me. still get mad. And they're like, oh, well, don't that's, you that's, work here, too? That's just when you point them in the wrong direction. Oh, that's what I was about. That's what oh, I was leading okay. into. Oh, okay. That's what I learned to do. Just be like, yeah, it's over there and so-and-so. <laughs> Where can I and find potato chips? Away. Definitely not the potato chip aisle, ma'am. <laughs> well, see, that's what I was talking about. Like, even if it's specific items, like if they're like, where are the jeans? Just point them over where the clothes are. Yeah. <laughs> they're over there. Look for them. They're blue. <laughs> There's a big old sign that says jeans. I don't know. Most grocery stores, they have everything above uh, the ceiling and everything, too, in between the aisles, let you know where everything is. Yeah, yeah but that's back to the fucking re uh, restroom thing. They don't look at that shit. True. <laughs> Hell, I barely look at it, but as I memorize the store, <laughs> I know my Harry Cedar is like, I know. And we go from vegetables to dry foods until they fucking, you know, change it. But it's right. like, it's, I figure out the layout and I can figure find where everything is and then they just move it around and it just fucks with you for for a moment i don't know why they do that shit <laughs> why it's not like you remodeled the inside it's like they will literally just switch the aisles around yeah for no good reason like not moving any new product or no, anything no it's just like the bread aisle is now the pasta aisle it's like what the fuck is this 
That's and exactly the bread is now on the and now it's on the bread on the opposite end of the fucking store. It's like why? <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> so um, I just remembered this. I only worked at Walmart for the summer, and the last two weeks, or my job was assembling. So I built bikes and grills and yeah. whatever furniture people bought and wanted built when they picked it up. But the last two weeks, they put me in grocery. So mm -hmm. essentially, you just get a big-ass cart, and you take it wherever, and you stock shelves. I was fucking crushing it, dude. That shit is so easy. Like, I don't understand how half those dumbasses thought it was hard work. <laughs> but um, it was my last two weeks. I was already planning on quitting, so I was going to go back to school. And the um, assistant store manager pulled me aside. And that's like, wait, because there's so many different levels of management at Walmart. It's mm -hmm. fucking stupid. But he pulled me aside and he's just like, hey, man, he's like, Jeff's leaving um, managing uh, produce. He's going to go back to the distribution center. So we're going to move these people up and then we want you to have a supervisor position. But I told him no. But imagine if I'd said yes, I could probably be running Walmart by now. I don't know if that'd be a happy existence. <laughs> no. Because, yeah, you, you, you're going to be in charge of all of those dumbasses. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Every day you'd walk in, the fuck now? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Mikey, what? <laughs> got like a list. <laughs> Are you sticking the bananas down your pants again? Stop! <laughs> Stop. So, but, I, but I get all the discount prices on all the things I can get at Walmart. And it's already cheap. <laughs> Living large now. <laughs> All your manager specials. Uh, you don't get any Every day's a manager special. No discount on groceries. What? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not surprised yeah. on that. That nah, makes sense. Yeah, fair enough. Now that I think about it. <laughs> like I it. said, manager special every day. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, can't get discounts, but I make my own. <laughs> hey, man. No, Food Lion, though, man. I've been... um. I did it at Wingate mainly because I lived there for 21 years, but now I got a food line across the street from where I live. Yeah. And uh, like the second week we've been living there, I went to food line every day. And Courtney was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you keep going to food line? And I was just like, I'm paying attention to when they do the markdowns. <laughs> yeah. So I can go in and sweep them out because I know like, all right, every Thursday morning at 11 o'clock, he wraps up and he's doing the last row of meat. And so I go in and it's just like four different packs of steak, all like half price. Fuck yeah, dude. And it expires in like three days. So you just cook it all up and that throw night. it in the fridge. Yeah, yeah man. It's a good system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I saw you posted on your some time. Now I saw on your Instagram you posted like it was like four packages of something and like you you had like a big counter top full of food and you sell it was all like twenty bucks. Twenty six bucks. Yeah. I got two sirloin steaks, two pinwheel steaks, and then two packages of um sirloins chopped into kebabs. Yeah. And then good. yeah, mushrooms and veggies. It was all twenty six bucks. Hell yeah, nice. dude. I, f I love going and getting good deals like that. Heck or find, yeah. or find like Harris Teeter will run specials where it's like buy two, get three free. That's what I don't understand people that pick up, do the grocery pickup, man. I mean, I guess it's convenient time wise, but I honestly enjoy grocery shopping. I'm a it's little, fun. I'm a little 50 yeah. 50 on it. I don't it enjoy buying clothes or any of that shit, but. See, and I'm the opposite. I would I'll, rather, I'll shop clothes before I shop groceries. Yeah. <laughs> like, like for me, it's like I kind of know what I want grocery wise. And I kind of want to get a little bit more in the swing of like using the Amazon Fresh because we now have that offered in Charlotte and then it's included in my Prime. It's like it's no extra for me to do that shit. What's that? Basically, grocery delivery. Huh. 
you, you go through and it's like, you need eggs. You type in all that stuff and they deliver it to you next day. And you can even set up a s- specific time. That's why so Amazon's going to take over the world. So it's like, if you know you're going to be home at six, you can have it delivered, you know, between the hours of six and seven. That way you're even home. That way you can immediately grab it and do with it as you wish. And it's only like maybe some of the items are like maybe 25 cents, 75 cents more than what you typically pay, but it's kind of worth it for the convenience. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, so... I, Aside from that, I, I really don't like grocery shopping. <laughs> I I wouldn't order meat or anything through that service, but it's like, you know, the basic necessities of like canned goods or box shit or frozen shit, you know. Yeah, I would totally just do those pickup or delivery systems for it. I, w- I wouldn't trust them to pick up my meat. I, I would always do that. I don't know. Mike, it looks like he knows what he's doing in the kitchen, too. With the, oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot yes. of top shelf items. I try. Have you ever considered like being cook. a cook? Well, uh-huh. aside from the Judd's thing, yeah, because because oh. that's just typical line thing. Yeah, but like actually hurt. hop, but actually hop in the kitchen and do like legit dishes. Um, I don't know where you'd even start. Well, I would say something maybe because you know, and this isn't any slight on Judd's, but it's just you know typical homemade country cooking. Yeah, you know, typical it's stuff not you special. would I know that. shit you would yeah. make at home. But yeah. like. I'd say something like a Hickory Tavern, you know, something that was a bit more you know corporate or a bit more, more structured. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever considered going into something like that? I've thought about it, but now there's really no need. Well, of course not. But, but I didn't know if that was ever something that kind of was on your radar. Nah, I don't. I can't. Too fast paced for me. Really? But, but yeah. you have the the skill set to do it at home and prepare whatever you want to. Essentially. Was that just like you and your mom cooking as a kid, or you just eventually got a hang of it? A combination of my mom and my dad. And then getting the hang of it. Yeah. And then YouTube and whatever else. <laughs> yeah. See, for nice. me, it was to the point of when I was 14, you know, mom had to work, you know, Christmas Eve day, like during the day. Mm-hmm. And she left me like a two page book of, you know, here's how you fucking prep Christmas. So it's like that year for Christmas, all the prep job was done by me. You know, oh, get wow. the shit in the oven, set this timer, get this on the stove, mix all this shit together, chop all this up. So it's like, you know, even at a young age, I was in the kitchen. She was teaching me all of that stuff really young. So, nice. so for me, it was just, and I would still love doing the kitchen shit, but it's like just my hip will not allow for it. Cause what you're saying too fast pace. I love that. If I actually, there's, there's always a limit. There's always a limit of too many tickets, but as long as there's like that steady flow of like two or three tickets on there, maybe mm-hmm. two or three tops per that's oh, my, yeah, that's, that's, fun. that's my, that's my sweet zone, yeah. man. You get me in that grind. I'm listening for your call outs and we're listening to music, yelling at each other and just getting that shit knocked out. Dude, before you know it, your shift's over. You got a little meal at the end of the day. You go home, crack open a beer. That was my routine and just fall asleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but just my body can't do it anymore. And I hate that. Damn. I hate it. No, I just like cooking at home and then taking pictures of it. <laughs> so petty. Insta whore. Well, is there anything else we want to talk about, or we want to go ahead and wrap this up? Uh, talk about being insta All three of us are kind of insta whores now, so that's a well, also, good I, way I, to wrap it I, up. I, I have a good reason for it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it. It'll be part of my career. Y'all, y'all just need to <laughs> y'all are promoting your shit. I got a little something. What you um, got? You told us a story. I don't remember why we were talking about it, but you said you had a very vague memory, like your earliest childhood memory when you were at home in your playpen and then Russ and Cody came over. Yeah. Why were we talking about that? I want to say that was either the episode with Cody saying that, just kind of talking about um, 
our long history of how long we've known each other that even some, my earliest memory that being of like a two second oh, flash okay. in the pan memory that being gotcha that. well i had one of those two second flash pan memories oh did you pretty recently so i was driving home from somewhere and um i would i had a doobie snack in my hand and i'm just mm-hmm. chilling and then a cop like kind of breezes by me on the highway. Yeah. And so my first thought is just like, mm, fucking cops. And then I stop myself and I'm like, why do I have such a disdain for cops? I'm like, I've never been treated badly. I mean, other than the shit you oh, see in the media, in the media and shit. But yeah. aside from that, I was just like, why do I not like cops? And then like I thought about it, and then I had a flash, and I picked the memory out of my brain. Mm-hmm. But I was three years old yeah it was three okay and we were going on a family trip to the beach we're not a family we were going with friends so me my mom my dad my brother and then our friend or their my parents friends and they had one of those like uh 90s style vans yeah, with the yeah, curtains yeah. on the windows and all that shit yeah and um so we're going to the beach and uh they're like all right and they were putting me in this high chair but it wasn't my high chair so i didn't fucking like it i'm (laughs) like no i don't want to sit in this chair and i'm like throwing a fit and shit and um the lady who we were going with her son was a cop Uh and he was there as we're loading into the vehicle and so my dad gets him to walk over and like talk to me in like a stern cop voice (laughs) telling me i need to like sit down and like it's it's the law and i can get in trouble and all this shit shit. yeah damn i just stuck with you and i just pulled that out and i got home and i asked my mom about it she's like i don't remember that and i'm like huh i guess I guess I just made it up. I don't know. It just, yeah. that seems so real. And then I asked my dad and he's just like, oh yeah, I remember that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you bastard. <laughs> well, see, I, ha- I-, I thought I had a memory like that a year, a few years ago and it was so vivid. And I asked mom, I said, mom, I said for like, I want to say same year. It was like maybe three or four. Actually, no second birth. Yeah, actually no three. Yeah. Same year, same time period too. I was like, did you hire a clown for me for my birthday? She goes, no. I said, I swear you did. She goes, no, I promise you I didn't. She goes, for this birthday I did this. And she goes, for this birthday I did that and this one that. She goes, yeah, but wait a minute, that one. I said, I remember so-and-so being there and I remember this person being there. I said, but there was someone that walked in and they had balloons and curly hair and I want to say like a bright like outfit on and i remember it being a clown she started busting out laughing she goes the only person that brought balloons was your aunt jackie <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, <laughs> Aunt Jackie scared the uh, shit Jackie, out of me. Yeah, you're clowning. <laughs> so, she, and she wound up finding photos, and it's like it just—it didn't, you know, rem, it didn't look anything like I remembered. But still, it's like my young brain connected that and just rewrote it as <laughs> she hired me a clown. But no, because then later on, she was like. And I hired your fucking two-year-old ass a clown. <laughs> She's like, you would have barely remembered that. Hell, you do barely remember your birthday. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I wouldn't have done that. Well, like I said, my mom didn't remember. My, my dad definitely did. So we know whose idea it was. <laughs> <laughs> how much did they fuck with you? Because, you know, we, we've talked about a little on the show, like, you know, my, how much my parents would fuck with me, whether it be like scary masks in Walmart and laughing at it, at it and shit. 
leaving me alone in an aisle, but still keeping an eye on me just so I'd freak out because I wouldn't stick near them and shit. <laughs> they, did your parents ever fuck with you and do a little shit like that just because they could? Um, not really. My dad wore a mask once to try and scare us. Yeah. Didn't really work too well. Um, yeah, I never like Cause, cause had anything like that either. My my view my viewpoint on that is like if you have a kid, what's, what's the point of having them? You can't fuck with them some. Well, my dad would always just beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> the secret origins of Mikey secret Black origin. and why he's all buffed out now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Batman. He's slowly training. <laughs> all right, Dad, it's your turn. It's your turn, old man. <laughs> what, Johnny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only are you hulked out, but he's like 70 now. <laughs> By the time you're all like beefed up to the point you feel satisfied. <laughs> I just kick him in the hip now and he'll take a fall. <laughs> it's like, oh, that, he's just like, that'd just be so easy. <laughs> Not, I mean, he didn't really beat us up, but. The typical dad thing. Typical of dad up. shit, yeah. yeah. In, Indian burns. Just being a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the Indian burns? Nah, he. He'd tickle the fuck out of you though, yeah. until you couldn't breathe, and then laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> breathe. What's wrong with you, boy? Can't breathe? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, pick you up by your heels, hold you in the air. Uh huh. God, now, <laughs> puppy down. Now that you mentioned, it, I think my dad did the same thing too. Uh huh. No, um, oh, dad, he would wind up. Um, this little spot right here, he pinched me. He just walked by and go, oh, yeah. that, oh, that no. like sensitive skin right oh. there, like on your uh, where your um, armpit connects to like the rest of your torso. That little fat, because I was a fat fuck too, so I had that little overhang uh, right there. You walk over, Pink! I'm like stop that. He's like, <laughs> just keep walking by. I'm like, you're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> if we ever, if we got in trouble, not like, not like uh, spanking worthy trouble, but like. Uh, like you know your parents they get the stern voice and they're oh, like yeah. now didn't i tell you to do something well my dad would do that but he would also while he did it would like grab right on your shoulder uh -huh. in the trap area next to the neck and just fucking dig all the way down <laughs> like past the clavicle into your ribs and then start talking all stern yeah, yeah. and shit and you'd be like I get, yeah, I think I remember you telling me to do the dishes. <laughs> and that's how I became a massage therapist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt at first, but now my shoulder feels pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <Yeah. laughs> I think that's good enough to end it on here. <laughs> well, this has been a pretty fun episode. I think uh, we might as well dig on into our Spotify playlists and figure out what the hell we've been listening to? What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. Well, why not? I like this new generation of music. <laughs> Where did you record this? I bought it at the mall. What that person on your tape has is a medical disorder. All right, Captain Nunn, what you been listening to, sir? Uh, just kind of been jumping all over the helicopters uh, catalog on Spotify. I know they're missing a couple of records, but uh, every, there's still four albums on there, two studio, two compilations. Actually, three uh, studio, one compilation. But uh, I think my favorite one out of, out of them is uh, By the Grace of God. Really? All the way through, yeah. And starting to 
it's fun to play along with too. I've been learning how to dial into the Nick Anderson tone a little bit too with my black cat guitar pickups. <laughs> so you stole mine. I was actually going to say, I've been digging into that album a little bit more and uh, definitely the two favorites on that is carry me home and rainy days revisited. Yeah. I love those two title tracks. Really good too. I know it's like one of the quote unquote hits, but still, yeah. Well, uh, also in the same mind frame of just kind of listening around doing different stuff. I've kind of, Super Suckers have always been a favorite, but it's like just, I've been listening to the new past few records some, but I've started digging back into their catalog and just re-listening to some old favorites and just Motherfuckers Be Trippin' is so good. That's still probably <laughs> my favorite one all the way through, either that or uh, Evil Powers. Yep, I was going to say that those are definitely my two favorites on that, but it's like, because everyone always talks about, you know, rock and roll records they selling this year are pretty fucked up, you know, because those are the big two tracks from that record. But even stuff like Bubblegum and Beer, I, yeah, that's a fucking great song. That one's song. sneaky good, too, and uh, that was the one I was going to pick, pick, and uh, Sleepy Vampire. Yep, and of course, since we'll play that in The Felons, and then uh, even Nowhere Special, which is uh, the second to the last song. Awesome little uh, ripper, so I, I just, I, I thoroughly enjoy the record. It's got a good vibe of just fast rippers with Goodbye, the last song, yeah. you know, and fun little jammers like what you were saying with Sleepy Vampire and you know rock your ass and shit like that so just good something good for you rock and roll basically <laughs> pretty much about you Mikey what you been listening to I've been listening to uh, a lot of Steve Miller band lately oh really? yeah <laughs> it's a lot of nice. fun to get high to um, there are earlier albums I don't realize how slow and boring they kind of were but Went back once and you hit the, the entire catalog. Yeah, once you hit like 70s, that's when they kind of got a little more uppity and groovy. <laughs> uppity. Uppity. Uppity and groovy. <laughs> I, just as far as, <laughs> I just know the hits, but um, I know on standard classic rock radio, there's at least 10 Steve, Steve right. Miller songs in rotation. Oh, yeah. Of course, everyone knows the Joker and Airliner. And yeah, those are the ones I shit. know. But and as then, far uh, as deep cut Steve Miller, what uh, what would you recommend? Um, I couldn't tell you. I'm just on the first album. I just started yesterday. Right on. Because it's, it's, I mean, it's chill. It's not bad. <laughs> just kind of like standard. It's very. Late 60s. Yeah, very standard late 60s, veg out, kind of. I wouldn't say it's stoner rock, but. But hippie enough, almost like that. Yeah, it's pretty hippie. Or something. Gotcha. Um, Some of that hippie dippy bullshit. <laughs> and then I came across this band, The Vagabonds, or The Vagabonds. Have you guys listened to them? Uh-uh. I know of them. They're pretty good. Um,. Uh, let's see if I can pull this up. They just released one song called Colorado Evergreen, mm-hmm. which you know, is obviously about weed. <laughs> um, Gee, I wonder why Mikey likes it. <laughs> oh, I actually didn't like the new song. But uh, and then their other songs are, let's see, they only got five other songs, so I guess they're fairly new to the scene. Right. They just released their first, uh first few singles last year oh wow okay they got some stuff from 2010 but it's like real early shit right but um they're pretty good very jam rock like six seven minute songs oh word stupid long guitar solos (laughs) they do a version of uh you know yeah that's how i found them they do a version of long-haired country boy uh, okay. yeah. versions like seven minutes long for oh God. Shreddy so that's one of your yeah. favorites to actually play yeah you play that riff all the time and they do I actually like their cover it's pretty good they get a good twist on it yeah I like the um who was it that shared it? Uh, Mike Phillips on Facebook. The yeah. uh, the Queens of the Stone Age version of God of Thunder. Did you hear that? Uh-uh. No, it was uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Eagles of Death Metal. Oh. Yeah. I bet it was good. It was good. It was actually pretty interesting. I'll show you that real quick before we're about to head off here. It totally fits their vibe, too. Yep. 
Well, I guess that has been another fun episode here of the Something Good For You podcast. Make sure and give us a follow on any of the platforms that you're on at SomethingGFY. And if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, make sure and give us a little rating. Be honest with us. Of course, we appreciate our five stars. But hell, if you think this is a shit podcast, give us a one star. I don't give a shit. We'll talk about it on the show. (laughs) And as always, if you got something to share with us, we got that voicemail hotline, which is 513-463-7439. Give us a call any time of day, any time of night, and you will make it on the show. And I think that's really about everything we've got because we've got some local shows coming up, but nothing's been announced, so we're not going to announce it here either. Uh, And we've already talked about ourselves enough earlier on in the episode. So, Cap, you got an outro for us? Yeah, uh, DJ, I changed uh, changed my mind. I hope you never get your drum stool back. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking savage.
is now dumber for having listened to it.